Hello, this is Erica, editor of Soul Magazine, and welcome to episode 40 of In the Spray Room, the podcast showcasing the bright and brightest and best artists getting up on the streets today. We bring out the lighter side of these creatives by interviewing them in a less structured environment, my dining room table. For our daily dose of online content, check us out on soldmagny.com, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Today's crew consists of myself, Bike Girl. Hello. And Brooklyn's own Big Ronnie. We have another Brooklyn guest on today. I'm excited to speak with him. But, but, but. <laughs> Before we get to our special guest, Big Ronnie, tell us what's going on. Well, we're still coming down off the high of our one year anniversary. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to the people that are trying to get on. We will get you on eventually. It's rough. It's not easy to schedule. It's not easy saying no. There's 10 people that I want next, and I wouldn't even be able to get those 10 people on if I wanted to. So reach out to our editors. Reach out to our contributors if you're interested, and let's keep this train moving. In terms of upcoming events, we have a very cool screening of Chris RWK's episode of The Black Book Diaries. going to be at the Angelica on February 21st. Definitely go out and see that. Support the kid. Staten Island in the house. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, on the 15th at 3rd Ethos, we got the Masato Akaro Show. Japanese biker gangs and related art. That should be a lot of fun. Connie, nice pull. And on the 16th, we've got a group show at the local in Astoria with Hiss, Mishab, I'm a Maker. And that is benefiting Planned Parenthood. So go out there, show your love, see the show, and related stuffs. Buy art. Yes. So buy artists for artists. That's what Sold is all about. So give us an opportunity to support what you're working on. Let us know when your shows are coming up. We'll get it on the calendar. You might be able to get some coverage. You might be able to get one of our contributors out to write about it. So let's find out what's going on today, Bike Girl. Who are we talking with today? Oh, this is a good one. We've been waiting a while for this one. Um, we're talking to Brooklyn Zone. Another Brooklynite, Mr. John Neville. But hey. as most people probably know, he's pretty much centrifuge dude. Yep, centrifuge guy, first street green dude. Got first street, Drip, uh, on production, first street dude. in the Lower East Side guy. On yeah. the Abe Lincoln podcast with me, dude. That was fun. Oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And father to Yuki. Yes. Yeah, that's probably what I'm most well known for. Is Palm Chi in the house. The and that is a half Pomeranian, half Chihuahua for our dog she fancy. friends. Yes, she is fancy and she loves me. Popped <laughs> up on my lap. I love it. So welcome to the crib today, brother. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, let's go superhero style and, you know, let's get into the origin story. Uh, you know, where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, Brooklyn Heights in downtown Brooklyn and... Uh, Went to St. Anne's, which is an artsy high school, and immediately just gravitated towards people who were writing their names on walls and into the hip-hop scene, DJing and music. And for me, I knew how to walk around downtown Manhattan as a teenager based on the roll-down gates, not the names of streets. It was too dark to really see what they were, or I didn't want to look like I was lost walking around Chinatown, but was able to navigate the city by who was on what roll downs. Not even that I could even read it at that time, but just, you know, what landmarks. images, what landmarks I was right. seeing. And 
you know, then you become friends with some older kids and they're writing their names on the wall. And you're like, oh, that's cool. One day I hopefully can do that too. And that's kind of where I fell into it. And I always loved seeing characters and big colorful throwies. And for me, it was just like a conversation with people passing by. And uh, yeah, it just it started just exploring New York City as a teenager. And from there, it turned into a real love for hip hop and the music culture in general and graffiti is in music so you're being very humble because you're talking about it from the art side but you're not just always getting up and doing your thing you're curating and coordinating big fucking projects dude i'm not sure there's anybody out there as widely breathed and as busy as you are yeah i think that that helps though because i am a fan as well and that's really how i always saw myself in the scene i never saw myself like i never wanted to be a rapper when I was going out to hip hop clubs, I wanted to go and see the dudes who were going to be the next rappers or see the rappers or see the DJs and producers. And like in graffiti, you couldn't really at that time see and meet all the artists. So for, I was still just always a fan. Even if I was scribbling my name on the wall, you know, I didn't know what a toy was, but it was toy. And I was just a fan. I really appreciated what these guys were doing. So when I grew up and I got spaces for me, a huge, like adrenaline rush wasn't me painting those spaces it was getting somebody that uh, that would blow my mind to paint it or or giving someone an opportunity who could blow my mind that's what i have to say that i find probably the most refreshing about your project is just name a few of the artists who pretty much had their firsts with you give give the people out there an idea of some of the careers that you've pretty much launched in this city because I know a few, and they're not little names. Go ahead. I, mean, I would them. never say I, I launched their career. Well, I don't mean it that way. I mean giving talented, them a space. When they were just starting, when nobody was necessarily giving them a chance. They may have been super talented, but no one was giving them a chance. Oh, yeah. So there's quite a few names on that list. Yeah. Denton Burroughs, uh, BK Fox. Uh, I don't think it was Lexi's first mural, but Lexi Bella, I think her first spray paint mural. Um Danielle's first spray paint mural. I know, I think, I believe both of them had painted a bunch of murals before. Um, we gave Icy and Sot their first walls in the city. Uh, oh, there's so many. Exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> so, and, and, and they're all amazing artists. Yeah, and and, it, and it, it really also goes to the other people who, who were involved with Centrifuge with me, which are, are Pebbles and uh, Josh Geyer, because all of us, we when we would talk about it, we didn't care who the artist's names were. We didn't have the artist's names in front of us when we were looking at the images. We didn't ask for CVs. We didn't want to know what the last show you were at, how many people came. We just wanted to see if you could actually paint at all and then give you a space and come out. It's only two months. If it's not that great, oh, well. You know, you tried your hardest. You're not disappointing us. And if you kill it, awesome. You found out you're amazing at another craft. And if people love it, keep doing it. Now, how did how did Centrifuge come about? And that was originally the construction site over on the east side originally, right? It was yeah. trailers, construction trailers. That How did that come about? Uh, I lived on First Street, and uh, as did Pebbles, Russell. And uh, they just put a uh, construction site in front of the apartment building we were living in. And... We it would get covered in 
just like scribbles, like not really good graffiti or anything, just random scribbles. And then they would get painted over another color gray. Fights would happen in front of it. We would find heroin needles in front of it, uh, knives stashed. And, you know, it's in the Lower East Side. It's not, it's a family neighborhood. It was a family block. There's a kid's uh, it's park. It's right across from a park. Literally, yeah. it's literally right sidewalk. It's from the very first children's park that the neighborhood advocated to put a fence around because of these types of things, because of junkies coming into the park. It's the very first one that had that. So having a lot of respect for the Lower East Side my entire life and, and Pebbles having a love for that neighborhood, having lived there for, I think, about like six years at that time, five years, she and I had so many artist friends that we approached some artists, talked about the idea. We put together a large, uh, you know, informational pamphlet, and she had a lot of connections in the neighborhood with uh, community board members. There's a block association. So she approached them, and we went and, you know, told them our ideas. They were very gung-ho, told us to come and present it in front of the block association and that they would bring the idea in front of the community board. And uh, they loved it. The fact that, you know, we were in our young twenties, the fact that, and what year was that? um, That was 2011. And when we proposed the idea and uh, the first cycle was January, 2012, but the, the project itself actually began like 2011. Yeah, how did how did it expand to the the Brooklyn walls? Uh, Denton, Denton Burroughs. So we gave we gave Denton Burroughs his first mural, and this dude, first off, his name is Matthew Denton Burroughs. So we were like, he may be an assassin, and I I don't want to say it on like what would happen, you know, what people with three you names like that do. You have to like worry about do, people with three names, exactly. But, yeah, so. We were a little concerned, but his art blew us away. And I, I think he had stated that he had never really painted a, a mural of this style, but he had had a little, like, played around with painting like that, and we didn't care. We were like, dude, your art's sick. If you can do, like, a third of what you just showed us in your sketch, you get, you get the primo spot, dude. And so we gave him the primo spot on the trailer, and, and he did an amazing job. And from there, he approached us and was like, hey, is there any way I can get involved in, in this project? I mean, this is, you know, it's an addicting feeling when you're painting on the street and people are hustling and bustling by you and they're stopping and you're literally taking the, like, the breath out of somebody on one of the busiest corners in New York City. So he approached us like, I want to help out. You know, we, we put him on a little couple trial runs and just you know wake up early and come buff out the trailer with us at you know before all the artists come and do some measurements and boring work and he did it and then from there he had a solo show it was one of the competitions where you compete to get a a solo show at greenpoint gallery and uh of course he he won it yeah and so he he won a solo show at Greenpoint Gallery from, I guess, a huge group show, hundreds, hundred people at least. Like it was huge, um, and from there, you know, there were these massive walls, had like a couple tags on them, nothing incredible. He was like, "Dude, we we should approach Greenpoint Gallery and get these walls." So, you know, he put in the legwork. He knew the dude. He got the walls, and uh, 
we, we have to work closely with, you know, the gallery and not that closely, but like we have to make sure they approve of the work as well because it represents their space as well. Um, but yeah, that's how the Greenpoint Gallery came around and they're super cool. Let us store all our stuff. Yeah. And then where did the idea of collabing with Dasik Fernandez come in? So on, on that, that was first wall. Yoav, that's no longer there. For, yeah. for Yoav's book, Yoav approached us and was like, hey, I had this idea of artists working together. And like, even though a lot of like your guys' murals aren't necessarily artists working together, they kind of are at the same time. So you have an idea of how artists work together. Could you find us a space? to do this and we were like yeah sure great idea and then he told us the artist and we were like uh yeah <laughs> okay this is gonna be insane like for me that was one of my favorite murals in new york hands down mm-hmm. as just a fan of art yeah. not because one i had anything to Beautiful do with piece. it at all and like i mean i was i go on reddit and and these sites and i would see pictures of that daily and it just would bring me so much happiness that people around the world are appreciating this piece of art that's not like it's in an area that that's for that area like yeah well also coming right off the bridge it's just it, it's it's a great location yeah. yeah it catches you it's a it's a stopper it's an eye yeah. stopper you can't not see it yeah yeah can we talk about the crowning achievement of the centrifuge project please we knew we were getting there yuki <laughs> yuki <laughs> when were you as blown away when damian mitchell proposed the big Ronnie mural as I was. I've been talking to him for a while about painting something. And then he showed me the sketch and like, I lost it. I lost it. I I don't even think I like acknowledged to him that I knew it was you. (laughs) I think I just responded like laughs, you know, (laughs) like a series of ha's. So and that fun. was it. And like he was like, "Yeah, this is good." And I think I was like, "Yeah, man, obviously." Like <laughs> so much. And fun. then the the, the gallery also had to approve it, so they approved your mug on there as well. Well, it's it's hard for me to lead with the money maker on a podcast, but fifteen feet. High, I think I sent it, it to Denton too immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was like, "You have to see this," and like now, Damien. Thank you again, brother. He's in Australia right now. He's visiting the family, and good for you. Take your time. Enjoy. Be nice to the flight attendants on the way home. Best time of the year to not be in New York. Yes, smart man avoiding the winter. But uh, what a wonderful piece. He's a great dude to work with. Everyone out there listening, if you have the opportunity to work with Damien Mitchell. And John Neville, I would suggest you take that opportunity because it's fun and easy. Oh, yeah. And I've I've gone to, you know, festivals and brought him to work with Dripped On out there. And, dude, he's the man. He is the man. So, you haven't just painted trailers. What are some of the other fun things that Centrifuge has painted? And do you know where some of them have ended up? Um, Yeah. So we did a a bunch of smaller containers, and those continue to pop up all over the city. Um, I I think the corn piece right now, which I'm really happy is still out there, is uh, somewhere in Harlem. Somewhere. In Tribeca. There's one in Tribeca as well. There's one over in the east, over by NYU, too. There was one for a while. Yeah, they bounce around. Yeah. They, They bounce around, which is pretty cool. I wish I could put, like, a little homing system on all of them. But... 
I know where some of them have ended up, even though you can't see them. Exactly. And, that's and what I'm talking about, because those are the ones that fascinate me. Because you're painting on something that's... What, what's happening to them? The, the construction team that ran the site, uh, at first, you know, they were like, these people are so strange. They want to spend their, like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday painting all, all day on our construction site. That's super bizarre. Okay. You know, and like after a while, these dudes all became connoisseurs of art. Like they know everybody, everything. They can go into any gallery and talk about art. They saw over 300 murals in like two years, three years. So like uh, they could talk to anybody about art they wanted to anymore. And uh, so these guys, I would approach them and be like, hey, wh what is this? Can we paint it? About anything they put down. We painted pipes that are water lines for these taller buildings need... Uh, to have, I don't know, I'm gonna, if you're a construction person who does this, you're gonna be like, this guy's an idiot, but uh, everything's run off of gravity, nothing has like pumps in it, so they have to change how the pipes are laid because now the buildings in the Lower East Side are bigger. So they put a bunch of new pipes in. And so we painted those, and we wrote centrifuge, uh, Cram wrote centrifuge huge on one. That day turned funny, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> And then the, my favorite thing we painted were these cement cubes. That's me too. And at first, I honestly I had no idea what they were. I just thought they looked really cool. They are four-sided cubes with a hole in the middle of one side. Like and a window. Like a window. And they told us we could paint the insides, the outsides, whatever. And they were just in the street on Houston Street in between 1st and 2nd Avenue during construction. One of the busiest streets in New York City to get across town. And... These things turned out to be the water drains that you put underneath, or the water basins, I guess, that you put underneath the the drains on the corner, yeah. the runoff. And it goes down there and, and then goes into the pipes. And they buried, I mean, we painted, like, at least 25. Yeah. And they buried them all over New York City. <laughs> See, and I, this is my thing, because a thousand years from now, when they dig them up, People like Zero are going to rewrite religion because oh, yeah. they're going to wonder, why are there pigeons? Why is this? What does this mean? <laughs> we mainly put characters on them exactly. and animals at, because that, like, one of my favorite thoughts as a kid was I wanted to, I guess I was like a teenager, uh, I wanted to create a bunch of fake histories on, like, stone and then just bury them in random places and... Just like hope fake that news time capsules. <laughs> exactly, it would, it's really like apropos to right now, actually. But uh, yeah, and I thought it would be really funny, like kind of art piece to do for thousands of years, you know, like a prank. But then I actually guess kind of did that. Yeah, that's kind <laughs> of what they are. Different. A little bit, yes. And I think my favorite one was Bino from uh, Brazil. He came out and he painted an octopus, and on about like four or five of them going across. And, oh, man, it was so crazy. Even as they were removing them and putting them down, it still looked like a complete piece. Very cool. What's cool is if those get spread apart and then they get found and they go, oh, these oh go God. together. Aliens are really going to Exactly. <laughs> now, let's, uh, let's shift topics here to um, a Staten Island crew that you run with. Oh, yeah, some good guys. T.A., why don't you tell our listeners who those uh, maniacs are? Oh, yeah, the TA crew. So, um, you know, I paint as well, have a, a secret identity, you can say. Um, and 
I was just painting a lot with a bunch of the dudes from TA and I always loved drawing and, and these were a bunch of the guys who pushed me to actually paint more myself. Like they're like, dude, you get all these spots here and they're sick. Like these aren't like in the middle of nowhere. These are in the hottest neighborhoods and then you don't paint any of them. Like what, what's the deal with that? And then I explained where I was coming from and they're like, well, that, you know, that's, that's pretty righteous. Like, cool. Very humble of you. Sure. You know, yeah. You know, for me, like back to it, I don't see it that way because it's more of a fan thing. Right. And uh, so they were like, well, we have walls in Staten Island. Why don't you come paint those walls in Staten Island? And then once you get more comfortable, maybe you can start painting your own walls. And I was like, wow, you know, that's so nice. And I, I, I have family who are out in Staten Island, so I don't feel uncomfortable hopping on the ferry and finding my way onto mass transit and finding wherever they are. They were like, no, don't, you don't worry about yeah. that. <laughs> we'll come get you in Brooklyn where you live or, you know, meet up with one of us somewhere in the city or, or we'll meet you at the ferry. And, you know, after I got to know them, they don't do that anymore. No, I'm playing. They still do that. <laughs> no, they still do that. They're awesome. If they can't do it, it's because there's, there's a reason. Otherwise, I know they'd be there at the ferry. Anyway, I like the ferry a lot. The bus is kind of sketchy, but I like the ferry a lot for people watching. Oh, everybody. So, TA is a crew that mostly hits freight trains. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a pretty big crew. There's people all over. I've, coast I've been coast. lucky enough to meet um, a what bunch of the What does TA stand for? Uh, the authority, train addicts, whatever, you know, whatever you want that TA to stand for, really, for you. Now, we've been doing our background research on the freight train stuff because our editor has a, a pretty nice idea for a little freight series that we're going to work on. And uh, another TA member, Q Molly, gave us some background on the on the, the cars that you guys used to love to hit, the Tropicana cars, the white ones and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. See, I'm not I'm not that well versed in, in the freight game, uh, but I I've had some experience with them. They brought me out and I mean, it's just addicting. You step up to these things and you don't realize how big they are until you're standing right next to them. And I, I like, I painted these trailers every, like all the time I had to white out trailers. I, I'm used to having my arms above my head and having to paint a huge amount of space in a short period of time. But then it's like that trailer put up on 10 feet in the exactly. air. Exactly. Yeah. You can't even, I don't, I don't understand how some of these guys are able to get the equipment out there just to do a full car. And, and, the, the amount of time that goes into doing that and it's a completely I've only done it once and it was for me it was a completely different adrenaline rush than tagging a wall or hitting a roof or painting illegal like these are all completely different experiences and, and depending where you are too like I know there's freight yards in the city which are probably very different than hitting a freight yard in the countryside mm -hmm. But there, it's a very different feeling in your body when you're painting a train compared to hitting a wall. And I'm lucky enough that I hang out with these guys who have been doing it for so long. And, you know, they let me get down with them and teach me how to do it safely, appropriately, you know, respectfully. So you've been a part of crews. You've coordinated crews. You, you're, 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 you're pulling some strings. What's something fun in 19 that you're looking forward to or something you haven't sunk your teeth into yet? Oh, man. We've done so much that I'm like trying to think. 
what else can I? I mean, I what just like the traveling, the traveling more and more. And I guess like the new things I can do is go to new communities because that's where I get the most inspiration. To, cause so, for so long, people have been coming to New York and painting at Centrifuge and in First Street Green that I, I do know a lot of people from all around. And it's great to travel and go to these new cities and, you know, get inspired by them and their friends and their and their local spots. And I guess that's really... I'm looking forward to just being in New York, getting, you know, doing what I always do here, but also spreading that around to more places. And even if it's not painting, like going more places, visiting more people, um, hopping in a car and being like, hey, Pennsylvania is really not that far. Like if we're just sitting around on a, a weekend, let's hit up some buddies in Pennsylvania and let's go hang out with them for the weekend. And I yep. think that's what I'm looking forward to more is, is that kind of motivation of like exploring the places around us that that's here in New York. And then, you now know, you've done four road trips so far. Yeah. Cool. Now, are you are you is the next one planned? Do we know where we're going? Any thoughts? Uh, no plans as of now. No, but great. Let's uh, let's use this time constructively. And let's plan it out. Uh, <laughs> What's the furthest you'd consider going on one trip? Like how far? Um, Cincinnati, Detroit, Chicago. No, I mean we've had a, we've done past all that. that. Yeah, past it. I, okay, I mean, how far? We want to go out west. I mean, Colorado's really not that bad. Uh, I wouldn't mind going all the way across. But then again, you know that's that's a little more because you have to drive all the way back. But, yeah, I, I would say we're down to go as far as possible. There's no stopping uh, as far as this country has and then beyond this country, too. So for us, we don't see really a limit to how far we can hit road trips and even if we have to hop on a plane to road trip after. Dripped on international travel. Do it. <laughs> Yeah, I got a lot of different things going on. And so now we're talking about another thing that I do, which is my, my business side. Like Centrifuge is my nonprofit world. First Street Green is my nonprofit world. That's what I do because I love doing it. I, I don't get paid for that work. I, if I get paid for something, it's because we, in First Street Green or Centrifuge, it's because we, or mainly for Centrifuge, because for First Street Green, I, I don't get paid at all. Um, if I get paid for Centrifuge, it's because we went and did like a live event or something and you know, I spent my time there. Uh, otherwise, we don't get a anybody who's working in First Street Green or helping me out at Centrifuge doesn't get anything out of it other than the fact that they're doing something really cool. And they get a warm feeling in their heart. And exactly. they get to play with artists. And, 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 and you, you get to play with artists all the time, which sounds a little scandalous and sometimes can be a little scandalous. But it's really speaking of scandalous. It's uh, it's Valentine's Day, Mr. Neville. Oh, Lord. Don't yes. get me in trouble out here. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Uh, his Valentine's sitting right beside him, and yeah, she's exactly. I'm not trying to make Yuki jealous. <laughs> exactly. Be careful there. Now Yuki's gonna give you the side eye. <laughs> so okay, pick two artists you've never met that you want to work with. Go, Bellin, right off the top of my head, and then there's a Brazilian artist Zizao. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he does some abstract. Uh, I don't know. It's like digital watery abstract work and i don't even like abstract work that much it doesn't really speak to me i mean i love putting it on walls because i'm not opposed to it and i know people love it but it doesn't speak to me that much 
uh, and his work for some reason really does. I wish I could remember how, like I would never heard his name spoken before and have limited knowledge of Portuguese. <laughs> the Portuguese, that's a thing. That's what I noticed with Cobra too. Sometimes I think these guys speak a lot more English than they want us to know, especially <laughs> the guys from Brazil. Oh yeah, I, I hang out with a lot of Brazilians and- uh, How many is a Brazilian? How many? <laughs> a few more than a bazillion. <laughs> okay, so 2019's coming. We got a loose plan. We're winging it. We're doing well with First Street Green. We're doing well with mm-hmm. Centrifuge. We're expanding. We got. We're gonna refresh um, some things. Well, hopefully, like Centrifuge. Hopefully, we can get some more construction sites back because they just took our trailer away a couple months ago, and uh, it was that. It's not really the end of their project there, but. They had to, uh, another company had to come in and read, I guess they're repaving all the streets or something. So they had to move them around. That trailer, I highly doubt they're going to be able to do anything with that trailer. It was pretty rotted out, eaten by rats, peed on, pooped on, uh, stripped down multiple times in order to get underneath and clean out the dirt. Were you actually there the day they moved it out? I was not there. I I, I don't rushed. know if anybody was. I, I'm trying to find if there was anybody there. A couple like, of the board members from First Street Green Did they find anything um, weird or different uh, dead rats, under it? But no, I think it was actually cleaner than the they street expected. Around it. <laughs> they yeah. probably expected to find a few people that had been. But they you did know. clean out under there a bunch. Like they would throw bleach under there all the time, and make, <laughs> or whatever the cleaning stuff is. I, I, it's probably not bleach because they're construction dudes and probably can't just pour bleach places. And there's protocols. Uh, but uh, you would think, well, yeah, well, no, they were good. <laughs> they were all cool guys. I, I never had a complaint and they never complained to me about anything. And they only the only complaint they had was that we were getting them super high when they were in there from all the fumes. <laughs> and like some of them didn't mind that, but they were like the bosses on site. So like they were like, you know, we just can't be like super high on aerosol trying to like tell these guys what to do. But then we just we worked with them, and so we would try to paint when then they weren't inside. when they weren't there. But hopefully, in the next year or or two, we can get a couple more construction sites because that's really the goal is to work with these city construction sites. Not like you know what was that Department of Transportation thing going around this week? I yeah. Swear, on, on, oh yeah, yeah. They're doing to paint the, all uh, the green, all the green gates, all, all the green gates. The yeah, bills. yeah. yeah I, I pitched them that idea a couple of years ago, and look, look what happens. You know, <laughs> um, I, I pitched them that idea when they uh, they had a, a contest a couple of years ago to remodel all. Like, how do you remodel all these? these wooden like can we make them new can we make them this and i just wrote into this contest why change what you already have which is clearly sustainable and that's why you're using it as cheap materials it's safe you know i work with these type you just need to paint it that's it so i'm really not surprised that you know they they probably read that and were like oh yeah like like why would we do this highfalutin are like no i don't have problems with you guys who are architects i think it's sick make cool walls for us to paint i love architects but it was like a super highfalutin thing to do to try to fix a problem that's not a problem. It's a it's a way of life. It's just like there's construction. How are you going to deal with it? You know, and it's like, why make all these guys who do it every day have to learn how to use new materials when there's no need for it? They have to justify why they're sitting in there pushing paper from <laughs> one side of the desk to the yeah. other all day. Which I have to say with First Street Green, our parks people are super cool. Yeah. They're super cool. I wish they had more support from the city and had more funding and 
yeah, the funding never goes to the people doing cool stuff, unfortunately. But in First Street Green, I would say for 2019, what I'd really like to see there is all of you. I want to see everybody in there. I want you all to have events in there. Like, we don't charge for events. We we can't charge for events. Uh, the only thing you have to pay for is a sound permit if you have sound. And then everything else is taken care of and whatever you're going to show up with. Uh, Otherwise, if, if you want to have an art event in there, if you want to have uh, a music event, if you want to have a cultural event, we want to have events every single weekend. We want to bring people into this space. And... Last year's International Hip Hop Day party that was in there mm -hmm. was sweet, dope. Yes. super dope. That was super a fun dope. day, dude. Yeah, and that like that that was the first time we had ever done anything of that scale. So we want to do more projects of that scale, but we need to figure out. I, I and, love the randomness. I love the fact that it can be a string quartet or old school graph guys from the Bronx. Or a DJ, mm -hmm. yeah. Or a DJ or the community painting the community mural wall. That's another thing yeah. that I think is brilliant is anybody can paint. Exactly. And that's Alex. And she yeah. came onto our board recently because and and, she has these great ideas. Like, hey, let's do a community mural. And I'm like, great, because so, like, you want to paint with brushes. You want that's, to. That's your medium. Like for me, I can't just necessarily have people running around with spray paint. So, yeah, she leads those, and I think it's great to get the entire neighborhood and even tourists. So the other thing else involved. is you do, what, a couple of times a year an open call for artists? Uh, yeah, about three times a year we have an open call for artists, and there'll be anywhere from, like, 18 to 30 murals up, depending how we space it out. And we try to get everybody, so even though we say, like, oh, yeah, maybe you'll get a 14-foot-wide piece, like we really want everybody to paint so we always tell you like we might cut it down and you can change your sketch but then we do like having a couple big ones because that does draw the eyes in from across the street sure so that that's why so it changes from like right, 18 yeah. to about 30 murals at a time just submission based well i love the fact that any you don't have to be a street artist no that a lot of the people you've done, that's the very first thing they've ever really done outside. Yeah, and, and like same with Centrifuge. Like, I mean, we got a lot of street artists because it was the first really organized street art project in New York that was just doing murals, not other projects. And yeah, like that having multiple curators with different eyes and, and having people who don't like the same art as you on the same team is very important because... When you're curating public art, not in a gallery, you're not curating it for a one type of person or for one crowd or fan base. It's your fan. The fan base is everybody. So if you only give them a like for me, I love graffiti cartoons and like like really out of the box portraits. But if I only give people that, I'm just giving them what I like. And a large community is not going to ever see anything that they like. So you need those fine artists that, uh, uh, you know, someone who's never seen or liked graffiti or street art before. Oh, my God, that's a beautiful painting. It's wild. It's on that wall. A graffiti guy can come and be like, oh, my God, that person painted that on a wall. That is insane. Like you would only see that in like a restaurant as a mural, you know, and it really works in this space and, and just opening people's eyes to different styles and types. Curation's not easy. Yeah, no, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. Um, I turn down a lot of people that I like. I like their art. It just sometimes doesn't work with 
the other art that you get or you know maybe someone had a similar style to you or we just didn't have space because there was too much of that style there's so many different reasons why people have been turned down and like i get asked a lot like is there a way to to make it happen and i'm like the only way to make it happen is to keep sending it in because if you send it to me like five times the fifth time i'm gonna know you just want to paint right so right. I'm going to try to find you a wall, even right. if it's not the primo spot. Like, I know you want to paint and you want to actually be there. And just being there, your art is going to have an energy in it. Like being involved, not coming out like, oh, whatever. They should be happy. I'm painting here. No, no, no. You know, like you can see in people's art that attitude. And yeah, so even if your art's not going to be that great, you're going to feel the passion. And mm-hmm. there's pieces in First Street Green that I know, I'm sure artists who have been turned down in that in that group have been like what that that artist painted or, or they mm-hmm. how did they get they must know somebody and it's like sometimes it's yes and a lot of the time it's no they don't know somebody they've reached out to us so many times they've come to our events even when it's not our events and it's somebody having an event in the space they've asked how they can help and these are all things like we're not paid this isn't a, like yeah it's business it gets you some kind of you know clout but really it's about who wants to be there, who wants to clean up after themselves. You know, if you, if you leave a bunch of caps all over the place, it's plastic all over, you know, birds are going to eat that rats are going to take that. I'm going to get in trouble. Right. Um, it's just other people are going to think it's okay to throw trash around. So, you know, if you, if you go in there, you paint, I know you painted that day and I come there and it looks like, you know, a mural just magically appeared. You're awesome. Yeah. You know, then like there's little things that so are priority goes things. to people that are easy to work with. That's interesting. No, and it's not <laughs> only that. It's not only that because sometimes I'm not even there when they paint. So I don't even know if they're easy to work with or not. Just, you know, I guess I would say the path of least resistance them, works with exa- you. And just being yourself and not like thinking there's a right or wrong way to do street art or graffiti or painting in general because there is no right or wrong way to do it. And for a lot of us who are on the curating side, there really isn't a structure we to follow. We're the ones trying to create that structure. And like, I wish I could pay every artist that comes into the park and paints. I wish I had a budget for every artist that comes in and paints. And I, I how to get that? We need government grants. We need uh, private funders. And these aren't things that just magically appear. Has... Th- uh, just listening to where you're going and, and the road you're going down, uh, there's a lot of things that I, I relate to. Um, is there been parts of this process that give you pause and even continuing because it's you just want to help everybody out? And where turning people down is, is I mean, you have to keep the your confidence up and your self-esteem up knowing that you're doing the right thing. But is there negative feedback that just makes you think, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like that gives you pause as to like, am I doing the right thing? Um, it, it happened once. And then I realized that I was just being like sensitive, honestly, and that I shouldn't really care. And anybody who's really hating on something that's just trying to be positive mm-hmm. and hating on it, that if you see a problem with it, you can address that problem and you can discuss that problem. But just randomly hating on things that are trying to be positive, I don't, you know, it shouldn't really bother me because that's just aggression going to the wrong place. 
And that's how I've always tried to look at it. And I think like if people aren't complaining kind of at some points and you're probably not doing it right at the same time, Mm. if someone doesn't really want to go paint there and doesn't get disappointed and doesn't get like, I get it. It sucks to get turned down. I've been turned down by women, by magazines, by tons of jobs. uh, And it just happens. And Mm -hmm. if, if you don't feel upset afterwards then you probably don't want to be doing that thing in the first place. So I don't see it as a negative and I don't really mind it. Hmm. You can like people will say, Oh, it's just like street arts. It's hipster. Da, da, da. Who cares? You know, like sure. If you want to call me a hipster, if you want to call me a hip hop hippie, you know, it's the same thing. It's just, it doesn't really, no, it's just words. We're grown people mm-hmm. and it's only motivating. I would say mm-hmm. to, to keep it up. And if, if that actually is a problem, then to address it. The only way you can avoid haters is to do nothing. Exactly. And you're not doing nothing. Is that a triple negative? Triple? Double? Anyway, Mr. Neville, we could talk all day about the projects. We could talk all day about the people you run with. But thank you for coming in today. Uh, before we wrap with you, uh, why don't you please give our listeners uh, you know, the addresses where they can find you online, the IG, the crews. Shout everybody out. Oh, yeah. So... If you want to find uh, Centrifuge, Centrifuge Public Art Project, that's C-E-N-T-R-E-F-U-G-E. We spelled it funny, we know, because it's not a, a scientific apparatus. Um, and then First Street uh, Centrifuge, you can email us too at centrifuge at gmail.com. And that would probably be the best way to get in contact with us. I don't really like Instagram DMs that much. Um because most of them are just weird. Noted. Yeah, they're just like weird people, like fake people spamming you. Um, then First Street Green, FSG Park at gmail.com. That's where really if you're looking to paint or if you're looking to uh, have an event, which really that that's what I want you guys to be thinking about is having events in there and, you know, having – it's weird because you can't really sell stuff in the park. It's very strange, and you'll have to talk to me a lot about these things and be very confused for a while. But I figured it out, so we can do something cool together. We can have events. We can try to figure out music events. And just, you know, hit us up if you have an idea of an event you want to do. First, uh, fsgpark at gmail.com or... Uh, FSG Park on Instagram as well. I don't run that, so you won't be talking to me. So slide in those DMs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I actually don't know who's running that one right now. It might be Alex, so heads up. Um, yeah, and then personally, B-K-L-Y-N-E-V-I-L-L-E, Brooklyn Neville. It was a facetious name. That's how it began, and now it's my name. Well, thank you very much for coming in. A lot of oh, fun. Oh, the shout-outs. Shout-outs. Yes, well, of course, the TA dudes, Cram, Q, Exit, Met, uh, everybody else, SAG, all these dudes, everybody out there, Sinus. You don't have to shout. Um, don't worry about <laughs> uh, You know, Josh, Geyer, Denton, of course, Ramiro, Devaro, all these dudes, um, Colin, you know, everybody. Everybody, all of them, outer source, and there's too many to name. Lexi, you all know, you all you know. know who you are, you know who he is. Yep, y'all John know. Neville, Centrifuge, <laughs> First Street, Ratchy, all that fun stuff. Yeah, we're we out are, here. We are sold out with the man. <laughs>